Welcome to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring you weekly sermons that uplift your soul, strengthen your spirit, and praise the Lord. Whatever your reason for listening, we're grateful for you spending your time with us. May God open your heart to love and your ears to hear. Please remain standing for the reading of the gospel. Matthew 6, verses 25 through 34. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was never clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for these things. And indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. The word of God for the people of God. So last week, my phone buzzed and said that it's time to run an update. Your software is out of date to download the latest software, plug your phone in, leave it overnight, follow the instructions, all that stuff. One of the features that came with the latest update to my smartphone was a new app called Screen Time, which tracks how much time you spend on the various applications on your phone. And it's confession time. Uh, Because what it showed me is there's a lot of time that I spend in front of a little rectangle screen about three inches by two and a half inches wide. And there's a lot of time I spend on social media sites, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram. I don't, there are others out there that I'm too old to get. But there's a lot of time that we spend on our screens, which I think, I know, causes us anxiety. When we compare ourselves, which is eventually how we wind up doing or what we end up doing in our hearts and our souls and our minds on social media, we look at those photos that are aesthetically pleasing and try to stay up to date when we realize that no amount of selfie taking is going to be able to keep up with the million likes that one of the Kardashians have on Instagram or social media. If you don't know what anything I'm saying means, I'll get to some good stuff in a minute. But I'm speaking to my generation and myself for a second. Uh, When we derive our sense of self-worth based on those screens in front of us, uh, we realize that we're giving control of our lives over to something else. And when we become more conscious of scrolling through other people's profiles than boosting our own self-confidence or even spending time in prayer, 
we're missing out on relationships with others and with God. It's hard to develop a relationship through a rectangular screen when we are more acquainted with the facades of what people are presenting than the real messiness of life. Another feature that Facebook offers is a look back. Ten years ago, five years ago, a photo pops up, and you look back and say, that was an amazing day at the Dogwood Festival. In spring, it was beautiful weather, but what you forget is that you had to endure parking in downtown, and that it cost $40 once you finally found a spot, and you vowed once you were in the crowds to never go back because you don't like being hot and sweaty and smelly downtown, we misremember, and we wish that we could recreate those vintage moments. And so we try to recreate the past and miss out in living in the present. Another downside of social media or even screen time is that screens do things chemically to our brains, we found out. And when you put a screen in front of your face, it stunts melatonin, which is a natural endorphin that the body releases when it's time to sleep, and it puts your brain on high alert, much less the content that you're seeing, the images, the pictures, the visions, the colors, suppress those things that we need naturally to fall asleep. So did I quit social media? No. Do I still have my phone by my bed? Yes. But I'm more conscious of the way in which I worry. And I'm more conscious of the way in which I give my worries to God. Because Jesus wasn't talking about social media or screens or smart technology. And he said, do not worry. But he might as well have been. Because he's not talking about one thing in particular. Jesus is talking about human nature. And it's not just where Jesus is talking about in the New Testament. John Wesley pointed out that it was this way in the second uh, book of Kings, chapter 17, when the king of Assyria gave a blanketed statement saying that his people would now worship God. He put doorposts and notices on his kingdom walls which said, We fear the Lord. But in reality, as you dive into 2 Kings chapter 17, when it means that they feared the Lord, they were giving lip service because what they really did was served their graven images, both their children and their children's children. John Wesley says that this practice, all the way in the Old Testament, resembles modern Christianity in the 1700s when John Wesley was writing. But I think it models our own sense because we all serve our own gods. We teach and instruct in the name of the Lord, but as John Wesley says, we have not laid aside the outward form of worshiping God because we still serve our graven images, silver and gold, the work of our hands, money, pleasure, and praise, the gods of, wor- of this world more than divide our service with God. Human nature is human nature. And whether we're hearing Jesus' words in Matthew's sixth chapter, John Wesley's sermon, talking about Second Kings, 
or the world around us, we are bombarded with images and messages and advertising and media and friends and family that encourage us to consume, to take more, to get more, to do more. And what we find is that we're unhappy with what we have. So we try to get more and more and more. When we see that lives and homes are being destroyed or foreclosed upon or ruined, we see poverty and disease and despair and destruction. We realize that sometimes it's not about more, it's about people. I think that's at the heart of Jesus' message this morning is the world asks more and more and more from us to distract us and divide our loyalties. And we seek security and stability within the world first and say once we get to a place where we're comfortable, then we'll give our hearts and minds to God. Out of all the teachings in the Sermon on the Mount, this is one of the more difficult ones to understand. Because Jesus' words are out of step with the world that we live in right now. Because we interpret things in a different manner than what Jesus does. We see it through the lens of our phones or social media or other people's opinions scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and it gives us the sense that we're in control because we're controlling the story but everything that we control ends up controlling us so what does it mean when jesus says do not worry now the first temptation i think to think about this is Bobby McFerrin's popular song, Don't Worry, Be Happy, this kind of nonchalant, don't worry, be happy, man. That one I'm not going to sing for you this morning. It's easy to picture Jesus sunning by the Sea of Galilee, sandals in the air after a brisk morning swim, saying, don't worry, everything's going to be just fine. But in fact, what Jesus is saying, that there is more than what we worry about The material things in our lives ought not to be taken as seriously as trusting our lives to God. Jesus is encouraging us to live by faith, to trust God not just for our spiritual but for our material needs. And it's not to say that we don't need to work, and it's not saying that we don't need to prepare for the future at all. But it's a reminder to live in the present moment because this world, this life is temporary. What's interesting is what precedes the scripture that we read from this morning in verse 24 where God says, you cannot serve two masters. Jesus is inviting us to a life of discipleship, to following, to serving, and to living. And it's not a special calling like becoming a Navy SEAL, but it's a call that we all share as Christians, where we're focused on devoting our lives to God. 
It does not mean that the pursuit of wealth through hard work or investment is wrong. It does not mean that people should not enjoy the fruit of their labor. But it does mean that we have to rethink the way that we live. Jesus is not calling us to abandon our lives, is not calling us to move to the desert, to join a monastery, to empty our savings accounts or our 401ks, but he is addressing the basis of excessive worry and anxiety in our lives when we're separated from God. And the scripture calls us to a different set of values than the world has, different priorities than what the world has. Those pagans, as the scripture says, those outside the community, they don't seem to worry about what they're doing. And yet, God cares for them as God is giving God's self to us through Jesus of Nazareth, we are to give ourselves to others. And so the question at the center of the gospel this morning is where is our allegiance? Who has our loyalty first and foremost? Or are our hearts divided? One cannot serve Two masters is the preamble to our lesson for today. But Jesus brings us into the realities and the tensions of life between faith and trust. Do we trust in ourselves, in our power, in our ability to get things done? Are we excessively anxious about our physical needs? Do not worry about what you will eat does not mean that food is unimportant. We're taught through the Lord's Prayer to pray for daily bread, but then we're invited to trust God to provide it. For some people, daily bread is a real concern. Jesus makes it sound as if securing clothing is part of the natural process, like the lilies of the field, and yet there are some who, in the throes of losing everything, do worry about what they will wear. So how do we live on a daily basis? Jesus knows the troubles and says, let today's trouble be enough for today. So how do we worry, and what do we worry about? Several years ago, uh, I watched a program uh, some of you may have heard of. It was just called One Word. Uh, I think it was named after a famous person called Oprah. Maybe you've heard of her. Uh, Yes, I used to watch Oprah. It's a complicated story, but it was a very interesting story in watching Oprah. She profiled a megachurch pastor in Chicago, her hometown, who wanted to encourage his congregation not to worry about the things of life. And so what he did is he had uh, those rubber bracelets printed up like the Livestrong, only they said, don't complain, because he thought if people would stop complaining, they would start appreciating what they had more. You know the little complaints that we hear on a daily basis uh, from our kids when there's nothing to eat at home and there's seven different types of fruit and snacks and milk and orange juice in the refrigerator, but there's nothing to eat at home. Don't complain. When it might have just started to rain just a smidge and you left your umbrella in the car and you have to make a mad dash to get your umbrella, don't complain. Or if 
the room that you walk into isn't up to your liking with a temperature, and yet you have a coat that you can take on or put off to adjust necessarily, don't complain. And you could see how this was building, but it got me thinking about the people who can't make enough to put food on their table, or the people who have to choose between food and medication, don't complain are those who are working two jobs just to provide health care for their family. Don't complain. It's not exactly our place as a church to tell people what they can and can't complain about. But it is our place to invite people to consider what is worth worrying about. Complaining and worrying are two different things, and when we confuse the two, we misuse the care God gives to us. We misuse the way in which God invites us to action. And sometimes when we tell people not to complain, we're stifling the justice that is so deeply felt. Do not worry does not mean do not complain. It means tend to what is in front of you. John Wesley says it this way, live for today. Do not lose an hour. Use this moment for it is your portion. Who knows the things which have been before God or which shall be after God under the sun? The generations that were from the beginning of the world, where are they now? Fled away, forgotten. They were, they lived their day, they were shook off the earth as leaves off of the trees. They moldered away into common dust. And another and another tribe succeeded, and then they followed the generation of their fathers. And now... It is our turn upon the earth. Rejoice, O Christian, in the days ahead. Enjoy God and enjoy this life to come. Let your eye be fixed upon Christ in whom there is no shadow of turning. Give him your heart. Stay thought upon him and be holy as he is holy. Do not worry about tomorrow. Today's troubles bring enough for today. God will take care of you, and our invitation as Christians is to take care of God's justice in the world. There is more to life than concern about our daily needs, even though some find it difficult. But Jesus expects us to put enough energy into the things that give meaning to life, to strive after those things which are in God's kingdom, and to participate in the kingdom of God on earth as we anticipate the kingdom of heaven. Do not worry about tomorrow. Today's troubles bring enough for today. At the end of the day... I don't think any of us lie awake in bed wishing we would have worried more. 
But I think we lie awake in the bed asking ourselves if we loved enough, if we gave enough, or if we cared enough. The invitation from Christ is to lay aside our worries and to trust in His amazing grace. As you go out into the world, go with this blessing. May the peace of Christ go with you wherever He may send you. May He guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our arms. May the love of God, the peace of Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast. We hope that you have found our podcast helpful and hope to be in ministry not only to you, but with you. For more information about Sandy Springs United Methodist Church, please visit www.ssumc.org. Until next time, may God bless you.